This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Born in Argentina. The crazy story with me is like my mom smuggled me and my sister in through the Mexican border with coyotes. What the fuck are I was, you talking about right now? I was three years old. My mom, my sister, my younger sister was one and she brought us into the Mexican border illegally. I didn't become a citizen until like seven years ago. Like oh, They should have built a wall. You're one of those, <laughs> you're one of those motherfuckers, dude. <laughs> dude, I barely made the cut, bro. <laughs> barely made the cut. Uh, in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. New episode with a new guest. Uh, you guys might know him from the interwebs, music, acting. What else do you do, man? What don't you do is the question. Bro, it is like the new age uh, immigrant struggle. <laughs> like working multiple jobs. You know, this is the version of that. Like you too. That's dead ass. You know, like our parents, like we work three jobs. We're like, <laughs> we have a podcast. We act and do this. It's I like, know. That's what that is. This is, uh, it's Jonathan. Do you just go by Jonathan Partner or you still go by Dumbfounded? Uh, John Park or Dumb, Dumbfounded. You, know? you, you flipped a different name uh, midway. What the fuck was that about? Every motherfucker always brings this up, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I You should have texted us first. <laughs> I was like, yo. No, what it is is, like, I was getting older, and I was like, and Dumbfounded is a hard name to, like, introduce people, mm -hmm. you know, because I get it. Like, if you have an artist name, you can stretch out for long, and no one even bats an eye, like, like ludicrous, right? Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. fabulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are funny names in hindsight, but, like, they've had a strong career. And the same for me, but I kind of... I think it was the era where a lot of rappers were going by like real names, you know, like Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then you're like, what I am like, I doing? I was like, damn, bro, like wacky rap names aren't in anymore. <laughs> so, but I like your name was so iconic, though. You know, it I mean? was fun. I think it matched me because I did a lot of humorous shit mm -hmm. in my, in, with my raps. So I tried to change my name to Parker. For like, that's what it was. Yeah. That was the biggest mistake you've ever made in your <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah. I, it, it, I, it might have slowed down my career for a good two years. <laughs> when I saw that name pop up, I'm like, who the fuck is this? So, yeah, I did that and I got the same reaction that you just had uh -huh. from everybody. And they were like, no, you're not going to change the name. <laughs> or give us a heads up. Right. You know right. who actually did that too was uh, the young Filipino dude from Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Russell. Russell, right? Russell. I had him on the podcast. Russell's dope. And I think the crazy thing that he found out was because he didn't give anybody a heads up, they just thought he died. They, yeah. They legit thought he died. Russell went from fucking kids bop to the fucking... Some shit. He got face tattoos. <laughs> that well, was, that was his thing. When he was on the podcast, he was talking about it was either he was going to be all in or not. And I think because he started off as a young, as a young kid rapper... He was always stuck with that image, and nobody took his music as seriously as I he feel, took it. I feel for him because he was a prodigy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was like a young child prodigy mm -hmm. of music. And like, I think when you start from that situation, it gets kind of tough. You feel like you have so much to prove as you get older. You can't 
break your image of the child, yeah. you know, YouTube star. And uh, he's leaned into it heavy, I would say. You I know? mean, for you too, because like there was a shift in your music, right? Because I've been listening to you for quite a while since we met. And then all of a sudden your music style shifted. And it was weird because I'm, I'm, I'm observing these comments, right? For me, yeah. when I saw that shift, I enjoyed it a lot, right? Because you were doing a lot of uh, underground hip hop type of shit, like backpack right, hip hop, right? right? So when I was listening to that stuff, I'm like, when's the next evolution going to happen? When it happened, you kind of had mixed reviews. There was like... I really fuck with it. And there were some people like, I miss the old dumbfounded. I think a lot of people, you know, it's it's like all of YouTube too and comedy too, right? Like people have podcasts now. It's not all sketches. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you come from doing sketches, you come from commentary and now you do pods and it's just all part of the game. You know what I mean? And bro, like I'm, I'm over 30 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my whole thing is I think when rap, like rapping and the content of it it's hard to talk about things like as you get older, it, it that's the big challenge for me. Like mm. I started rapping because I liked the arrogant, like ignorant energy. Mm, mm. But when you get older and things do get serious, like I think that's why I have a struggle with con like constantly uh, like rapping because I don't want to necessarily rap about serious shit. That's like old mm. and grown. Yeah. And like, what do you do at that point? Right? Like you're stuck. Cause you do this thing that you love, like rap. But you don't necessarily want to rap about responsible shit. Yeah, like yeah. I started because I want to rap about dumb shit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And like, and I, I'm not saying it was all dumb, but it was like a youthful kind of fun energy. Yeah, you know. And and I think that's the problem. Like I don't want to necessarily rap about responsibilities. I don't know. Is I that, mean, I mean, everybody has that weird. I think that's what I appreciated about uh, like Kanye. Like not not a single mm -hmm. album that he did was like the other one before it, right? And sometimes when people kind of deviate from this idea of the person that they love, they start to hate that idea. But at the same time, it's like, if I stuck doing the same thing, would you still be listening to my stuff three or four years later? You'd probably get fucking tired of it. Right. So that's that's like that weird part too, I feel like. I think that's why I appreciate when artists change a little bit because it's still in the essence of the same person that you still listen to. They're just trying something new, right? And so when you made that change, I actually thought it was better than the previous stuff that you had before, in my yeah. personal opinion. yeah. I, 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 you know, I always say like early on, I got into the rap game really early and I was breaking rules before I learned the rules. Mm. So a lot of my music early on was really sloppy, like hooks and raps, like everything was like out of pocket. Like it, it's things just sounded really sloppy, but the topics and the weird things that I was doing with that, like was interesting and people resonated towards that. But the thing is, I didn't learn the rules like of how to structure bars and and do hooks and stuff that and, was the biggest change in your music was the hooks yeah right so everything i learned like i <clears> learned <throat> everything later on the rules and everything so i do understand how it is important to at least learn the rules and the foundation before you start breaking mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. people always people think by breaking rules i, I i'm i'm saying like i'm when i say don't break the rules I, I they think like oh like do it this certain way no i'm saying learn the foundation and then break the rules after you learn it you yeah. know what i'm saying because yeah, trust me, I went the opposite way, and it takes a long time that way. Well, you're one of those few people, too, that <clears throat> goes from, <laughs> like, I'm not disrespecting any battle rappers out there, <laughs> but I kind of am because your music sucks dick. Like, usually the, the battle rapper doesn't really get to do a lot of great music because they're so used to doing so many bars and fucking one-line hitters that when it comes to writing music, there's a story to be told. There's an ebb and flow to it, right, when it comes to the verse, to the hook, and everything else. I'm not saying it's not all battle rappers are like well, that. Well, to be fair, like they'd, all battle rappers don't want to necessarily make music either. Yeah. So it's not like... But when they do, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, no, it's... It, it, well, 
I think, yeah, I don't know. I feel like sometimes battle rappers, when they were making, trying to try to make music, you know, because obviously they didn't put out a lot of music. They'll put out like one song here, mm -hmm. one song there. I think it's because uh, there was this thing like we're supposed to go into making music. Now battle rap is like, no, you can actually just battle rap. Yeah, and it's yeah, okay yeah, to yeah, do yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? But there was this pressure a while back. It's like, oh, you're just going to battle rap? Mm. And I, I hate those kind of pressures, I think, in anything you do, right? Like, if someone wants to just do stand-up and not all break into acting, like, that should be okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't like these artist pressure things. Like, oh, dumb, like, you haven't done this in forever or that. Like, who gives a fuck? That's my shit. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I think when you let those things get to you, it's going to drive you crazy. It's, it's really yeah. going to torment you for a long time as an artist. Yeah. You know? I mean, those, those, yeah, that is kind of true though. Cause I always did expect a, a battle rapper to make music. Cause they're always, what people would always say is like, oh, he could battle, but, but can't he fucking make music? But yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one thinks it's like, like well, does he even want to <laughs> yeah. make music? You know like, what I'm saying? You didn't even ask me, man. Yeah. Like, you didn't even, <laughs> right, like right now, you just thought the same thing. Like, you yeah. didn't even think that they yeah. might not want to make music. Cause, Cause for me, it's like, because rap is always going to be considered music to me. So I, I, right. I assume that that is the general set. The reason why they battle rap is because they wanted to do music. I get you. And there are. There's a lot. But I'm saying it's not. There's people who literally just do the, do that. Yeah. You know. It was a weird scene too. Because I remember when uh, when battle rap was. There was no music. Like the music yeah, was gone. It's, it's There's no music anymore. And then people I, started going into the argument of like. Well why don't you do that to a fucking beat though. Yeah. But to me it's like. It kind of makes sense. Because. Beats wise, there's so many subgenres of hip hop, yeah. right? There's like boom back, there's trap, you know. There's all these different tempos and and, and and BPMs and all that. It's like, what? How do you choose that for a battle? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, I, I think this the reason it went acapella. It's more universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it definitely allowed a uh, a lot of different people to start doing it. Right, yeah, like we don't have to be on beat. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> my motherfuckers, I couldn't write a beat for shit. We're like, okay, and it was it was weird too because I I think the the weirdest thing was when I saw a lot of white boys do it, right? And yeah. they started adding their own little nerdy rap flow to it, and they were they started killing people. Yeah, because it's a like, lot of, well, yeah. motherfucker, I actually read, so <laughs> I yeah. have a lot there, of words on deck. There were a lot of these little like witty witty like nerdy dudes. Uh, I mean, I was one of them, really, like the, the Asian witty guy, you know, but there was also like super witty, uh, nerdy white dudes that came in the game and um, eat, but and they would even flip like the gangster shit, like the gun bars, yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? But they'll do research on the guns. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what, what type of gun is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like these motherfuckers was, yeah, coming in and it's weird. It's still going. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they're long, and and now well, it's more advanced. I feel like. Well, they made it into like a, a profitable market. People were started making money off of this stuff. Yeah. Like I, I think there was a, a, I mean, even when Jin was doing it back in the day, right? Like people were battle rapping, but the the platform wasn't as big. Like when you when you did that battle against uh, Conceited, that shit was huge. Like I was shocked how big that and fucking Drake event was. Through that battle. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, Drake. And he, and I think battle rapping has always been like this. It's not necessarily profitable where like mad people watching, they're just throwing money at it. But the few rich ass motherfuckers that do watch it, like throw money at it. Mm. And they like don't expect a return. They're just like, yeah. I fuck with this. Like like Drake, like Drake funded that whole battle. That's and like, great. I'm pretty sure like he didn't really make much money back. You know what I'm saying? But like he supported right the culture. <laughs> yeah, tax <right> <laughs> He's like, no, I don't know if it's that, but I, he supports the culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we, I think for anything like that, like subcultures like that, you need just people who really fuck with the vision. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Not yeah, necessarily yeah. just 
on a profit level, but just know that those things just need to exist in the fabric of the culture. You know you what know? I really do appreciate about like battle rap though? It's like a time capsule. Like they still say the words faggot. <laughs> you know? Like I'm like, yikes. <laughs> I will say battle rap is one of the last places where like political correctness does not exist. I'm not saying I appreciate that people could continually say no, what no, I'm saying is like I what I say. I just kind of took a second. I was like, hold on a second. I mean, before dude, I get canceled. I have I have, you know, old episodes, uh, old battles where I've said faggot before. Yeah. And and it's it's crazy. It's like I look at it, I'm like, fuck, I can't yeah. believe this is on the internet. It's almost like the comedy space what what it used to be, right? Right. Like if you're if the objective in the battle is to fucking destroy somebody, you got to say some hateful ass shit. Yeah. So that's the purpose of I, what I, it is. Yeah, you know? but I think you can definitely, you know, beat somebody now without, without saying, saying that. It, yeah. yeah, without saying it. It was just a different time. We all know this. We don't got to go into that, yeah. but it was a different time and but it's funny cuz there's still rappers who do say that. They yeah. Sometimes when I hear it's so funny because we grew up in an era where it was okay, but when I look back at it now and I hear the word, it's, it makes me cringe now. It does. Cringe. I'm like, oh, it, why does it make me? Why does it, it hurt my feelings? <laughs> it was one of those words that a lot of people at the time could just, you know, say. Well, you said it for just anything. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying. Even like, if you like somebody, like good morning, faggot. <laughs> it was just a wag. Like, yeah, like, I'm your so, mom. Like, someone said to me. It was just. <laughs> But like, yeah, and now it's like, I can't even say it. Like, I've actually even said the F word. Just be like, the F word. I know. That's I, crazy. I know. And I've said it. I've said it. Because to me, it's like, not all environments. Sometimes I could feel comfortable just at least explaining it by saying faggot. Yeah. But sometimes I'll say the F word if I'm in a certain environment. You know, like, it's like a reading the room kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, I'll go into, like, meetings. Like, I mean, you're very, you're very transparent. I am too. But it's like, there's always a time where everyone has to read the room in a situation. Oh, 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, know. you don't go to board meetings and shit saying some wild shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you would think. <laughs> right, right. Or, or you I would... want to see you in a board meeting. Yeah, yeah, you fucking go off. Well, it's weird because, you know, when I started, you know, YouTube for me was always a transition for me to get into something else, right? But I think what, what I didn't expect out of that was how much of a business this machine is, right? Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be myself and then see whatever the fuck happens. Now, mind you, half the time that works the other half people just want you to play ball right yeah. and so the where the the other half where they want you to play ball is where i always run into trouble right so it's like i'm i tend to be hyper vocal even when i don't have to be so right, right. you know that was the the difficult part of me because after we I, I did the film i was like okay and that's, that's it's funny that you brought that up about the whole the, the rapper or the the battle rapper that goes into music like nobody asks like does he even want to do music right and when after i did the film i'd even ask myself do i want to be an actor i was like well let's do this <laughs> you right. know and right. then i was doing it, i'm like do i want to be like a television actor right. i didn't even think about that right it just that opportunity just came to me and i was like okay well let's just see if something's going to happen or not yeah you know i think in general i mean for you you probably just all around like entertainment so it's it's not really you didn't feel like you're separating the two into two different things yeah it felt like the same thing for you and you know, you know? it was a, it was a personal story so it was in all honesty it was easier for me to act it out because it right. was my story right you know what i mean it was stuff that i grew up with stuff that i grew up around with obviously not in k-town but the 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 asian kid in 100%. the store yeah so it was it was something that was within my wheelhouse and it was a story that i wanted to tell so now you take that person and you say, hey, well, you're going to have to be in this ABC sitcom where you play this uh, this Asian kid that grew up in a white neighborhood and you're also gay. And I'm like, this is going to be hard. Like, I got to take acting yeah, classes yeah, yeah, for this. Yeah. Like, this is going to take some work. For sure. You know, and that's what I was kind of thrown into. I'm like, yo, acting is fucking hard. hundred <laughs> you know? percent. No, it's so tough, man. Like, I, I, it's, I think every time I get 
introduced to a new opportunity, I do truly realize like how much I'm not ready for it. You know, more than yeah. that, I'm ready for it. Because we've been in entertainment, you know, acting is a whole other thing though, you know, and when you get tossed into those things, like you realize, damn, like there are motherfuckers who are good at this. And he even yes. uh, like, and, and you got to realize we talk about like this podcast is brought to you by Babel, my friends. Minasan, ohayou gozaimasu, dozo yoroshiku onegaishimasu, watashi no namae wa David Des. That's Japanese, son. And that's what I've been learning from Babel. Bet you thought I was from Japan. And if you didn't, well, guess what? Give me a few more months on Babbel, and I'm about to have this language down on pat. Right now, I speak uh, Korean and English, and I'm trying to add a third language. And Babbel makes this process so easy. Learning a new language is so difficult, but with this app, it's been pretty fun. And it kind of teaches you in a way that you would actually use in the real world. Uh, Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Unlike the infamous language classes you took in high school, Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind which by the way is the stuff that you need to get around when you travel and i travel quite a bit i do travel and learning language in this type of way is the way to go plus Babel speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent which is super important so right now with the purchase of a three-month Babel subscription you'll get an additional three months for free that's six months for the price of three just go to babble.com and use promo code gb that's b-a-b-b-e-l.com code gb for an extra three months free babble language for life the diversity in hollywood and all this stuff and we want you know uh, representation with asians and and black latino all that you'll go into these improv classes you'll go into the on set and there are crazy good white people at the shit because they've been in it longer you gotta Long understand time. that you gotta understand that it's not like and i'm not like <laughs> you know bigging up mad white people i'm just being real like dude you go into a ucb class these white people were like goofy as fuck. Like they'll be down to get goofy. Mm -hmm. I think culturally too, in a lot of our cultures, like we haven't had that upbringing where we're, we felt like we're allowed to be goofy. That that like yeah, that yeah, free yeah, yeah, and yeah, goofy yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Especially uh, specifically, I think in the Asian culture. Yeah, and you'll see that when you go into these UCB classes and see like these white kids who signing up for the first time and shit that are willing to do uh, act this way or that be a squirrel. way. Yeah, exactly. You know? And and you. I think those moments are something that a lot of people, we don't talk about a lot. It's like, there is like, a, they're kind of ahead in that way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's mad talented people of all races, but I'm just saying they're ahead. And I think in an upbringing where a lot of that was maybe encouraged, but also in the industry too, where there've been decades ahead of us in that. In well, it's, 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 you know, I agree with that because it's the same idea of sometimes people don't understand like the immigrant struggle when it comes to an education, right? So what, my, my thing is this, people sometimes think about wealth as just money, but there's also knowledge and upbringing, which is a big thing, right? So when I was trying to apply for colleges, my parents didn't know how to apply for scholarships. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't know how to even get into a college or even the whole application process. I had to figure that out on my own, right? right? And that's that knowledge and upbringing, though it's not actually a financial gain, but that knowledge allows you to be successful in the avenue that you're going into. Right. And so if you have, like, for example, like, because they have seen so many, like, white people on screen and acting is a viable option for that culture, yeah. it's going to be easier for them to do it. They're going to be a little more open. Right. So that makes complete sense. And I do mm -hmm. see that a lot, too. Mm -hmm. You know, even with, like, um, like we're starting to see, we're, we're at the point that probably they were 50, 60 years ago. So yeah. now we got to play catch up, you know? 100%. I, I feel like that's why a lot of the Asian actors like that are killing it on Netflix have like, ad they were adopted by white parents. 
like that ass because and, and i'm not you know there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying yeah. i i there's there's a lot yeah and i i like i was like damn why why is that and i was like maybe they were encouraged more i don't know yeah. i don't know but i I'm, i was just trying to put together a pattern there like but i i felt like maybe that could have been a possibility you know they had more parents that were like down for them to full-on go take them to an audition or Sent, get him an agent when they were 10 years old you know what i'm saying i mean i started seeing differences in acting and like so i did this I, I played a small part in this uh indie film with uh uh, uh matt mcgory and uh lamorne morris right mm, yeah so i played like this uh pervert telemarketer dude right but just watching lamorne morris work i was looking at him like oh shit he's he's better like he's just better yeah he's a beast lamorne yeah. you know so when they give him a line he has all these different options and he's like telling me Oh, before I even go in, I have, I've already thought about different line options for everything that I'm saying. I was like, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, me too. I was, I was doing that too. I was sleeping in my room, yeah. you know, while this guy is prepped and he's ready. So there's levels to this shit. And this is for stuff sure. that I wasn't privy to. I wouldn't even know that unless he told me. Right. You know, yeah, which, yeah. which is kind of nuts. No, nah, there's a lot of shit. I, I think just, I think we come from, there's a little bit of arrogance on our part because we feel like we've already come in and established our personality i think yeah. we have a big perk too that a lot of those artists don't it's because we were able to just kind of we were able to come in and just be us mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. a lot of acting is like you go in you audition for tons of shit that you don't want to do yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and that's something you're gonna have to do if you want to be an actor go into mad auditions and dude like memorizing shit and then going into an audition and killing it like that could take up a good portion of your day you know what I'm saying? And yeah. for somebody who's like pursuing other things, that's tough. That's why, like, man, I respect the actors who like just do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and what, what made you uh, start to go into acting? I think for me, like, I was a latchkey child, probably just like you growing up on television yep. and film. Like, I literally, my whole personality is based off of sitcoms from like the 90s, 2000s. You know what I'm saying? And comedy. And I love stand up. I'm like obsessed with stand up. Yeah. All that. And I think. I just wanted to do that. Like I want to create stuff, but honestly only in the last five years, I feel like I'm able to create, I, I'm, I've been able to really find my voice and storytelling skills. Like, yeah. because I knew who I was like, Oh, this is me, blah, blah. But it's like, I didn't know how to package it. You know, mm -hmm. I only just recently knew how to package. It. I went to tons of auditions. I've been acting for a while now, but I haven't been booking shit, you know? Mm. So my old thing is like now I'm developing shit and I'm writing, you know, and, and shows that I want to be in. I've realized that's how I want to break into the Hollywood. I don't think it's going to be a, with a role that of a show that's super popular that I necessarily didn't want to even be in or cared about. Well, you know? it's, it's hard, right? Because uh, there was a kid that asked me this in a college. Uh, I was asked to speak there and they were asking me, do I feel... <clears throat> Or am I annoyed or irritated that there's not a lot of like roles for people like me and you, right? And my response to it was like, well, I'm not irritated or annoyed. I'm saying like, even if they did try to write my life, they couldn't do it. So that's why we have a lot of shitty Asian American films because they're writing from a perspective that they don't know about. Unless that's an Asian person that went through that, you can't talk about like specific nuance that we went through, right? right. That's why you see a lot of these Korean adaptations of these films, such as Old Boy, one of the worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> right, right, Because right. they don't know what I it's like. I was mad about that. <laughs> yeah. I was mad. They've, they've done that with uh, My Sassy Girl, one of the most popular rom-coms. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's, 
cultural nuance that isn't really picked up, right? Yeah. And that's what happens in writings of Asian American films when it's not from a perspective that they know. So I can't even be mad at them for making a shitty Asian film because you don't know what it's like. Right. So it's like, I'd rather do your route and say, hey, I'm going to create something. It's coming from my, and then you guys can relate to it. I think you, I think you have to do that. If you, if you truly want something rep, uh, of your life represented, you can't wait for it, man. Yeah. You know? Because, it, and you can't just, just expect it to happen from another Asian person either because mm. there's all these different types of Asians. And, you know, I grew up, uh, this, it's been a renaissance for Asian uh, American media last five years or so, but I have necessarily haven't seen mad shit that I can relate to besides the fact they're Asian. Yeah. The fact, <laughs> fact that they're Asian. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that part is frustrating too because the rest of the world thinks like, finally, you got what you want, Asians. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is it really what I want? I, it's not necessarily representative of my story. You know what I'm saying? So, Well, that's why I got like super irritated when people were asking me if I liked uh, Crazy Rich Asians. And I said no. And they're like, well, you should support it anyway. So I was like, no, I, no, I don't have to do shit. You suck right. my dick. How about that? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, like I'll, I bought tickets, right? right? I'll do it with my money. But you can't tell me to say, tell me I have to like it just because. Yeah, all that stuff gets so tricky, right? Because in the heat of everything, it is important to support a movement because it becomes bigger than just the movie, right? Yeah. So I've talked about this too because it's it's like, it's like, do you want to be super anti like Siskel and Ebert with the fucking film right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like not right now, man. Maybe when it hits DVD. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right? Because I, you know, I was like that first time. I was like, but you know what? This is not the, this is probably not even the time for me to bash this movie. Yeah. You know I what mean, I'm saying? For me, I, I, it wasn't like I hated it or nothing. It was just like, I, I didn't feel like, you know, it's like, you can think about that, right? Would you support this? Like if you weren't Asian or if there wasn't a movement behind it, I don't know. Like, would I actually watch it and love it? You know? Yeah. I mean, for me too, like I, like I did a video about it. I said, like, I bought tickets. That's, that's where my money's going to go. Like, I'll let my money talk. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're going to ask me as somebody if I like the film, I would tell you no. It was, it was, I don't really like rom-coms as much, and that wasn't really a good but, one for But me. I will say this, I did, that cast being all Asian did do something for, for me. I will mm. say this. Like, when I watched it, like, opening scene, you know, uh, the, the mom comes with the kids and yeah, the radio, yeah, yeah. And she just, like, buys the hotel. Like, yeah. like, I felt something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I felt something. And, like, I think that's the thing, like, I think we got to like just feel it, feel it out in that sense too. Like as a rom-com, like I watch, I love rom-coms too. You mm. know what I mean? But it didn't necessarily do much for me as a rom-com, but it did do something for me that the whole cast was Asian. Mm. There were like Asian elements in the, in the thing. And maybe it also like, it might've not touched you directly. Cause it is, a, it's also ch very Chinese. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And, well, and I just thought it was a shit movie. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's always going to be my basis for something. Because, for example, not too long after that, then, <clears throat> then John Cho's Searching came out, right. right? And I was like, yeah, this shit's fucking good, right? Right. right. <laughs> you know, I and, think that happens a lot too with um, really cultural movies that have like cultural nuances in it. Like mm -hmm. people expect all Asians to relate. Like, no, Chinese and Korean is mad. Exactly. Cultures. They think it's like it's a monolithic like, culture. There's a lot not. of different things. Mm -hmm. So. Um, those are elements to obviously like we think about searching. Um, that, and then, was a good, that was a good thriller. And then I saw the the I saw a screening of Minari. Damn. That, oh yeah, dog. That fucking film is nuts. That shit was. You know what's amazing about uh, that movie? I'm I'm not gonna spoil it for people because obviously it hasn't come out yet. But it's 
it really was like, didn't you feel like, damn, I never thought a movie like this would ever come out? Well, because the premise of it sounds like a comedy. If you, what? If, me not even? Think about it. I didn't think this, it didn't look like a comedy in the well, trailer or I, what? Well, if you guys don't know like the premise of it, it's very, here's like a, the way it was described to me before I saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's this fucking Korean dude that thinks it's a good idea to grow a Korean crop in America. <laughs> started crack i was like yo this is hilarious oh but it man. wasn't a comedy oh wow it's, the premise sounds so fucking stupid right, you know right, what i mean right, right. And it's like i have a good idea i'm gonna grow this plant nobody eat you know and i'm like come on man like this is- i will say i will say that was an ambitious project for an immigrant <laughs> yeah, that ambitious. was a very <laughs> ambitious because i uh, like i actually i don't want to go into details because there's actually yeah where he's coming from and all this stuff mm-hmm. but it's a ma- very ambitious project so I heard the, 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 the t- i started dying laughing i'm like yo this guy's a fucking jackass like what a terrible what right, a terrible right, right. move and you'll bring your whole family over for this shit you asshole and i saw this film i'm like this is the one of the best fucking films i've seen it's so good but you know what here's the thing about that i i really did respect that element too because i will say i think coming to this country for a lot of immigrants like taking a chance like that because coming to the country is already a, taking a chance yeah doing that is like what are you doing yeah. <laughs> but but it, it's it's risky for immigrants to t- take a complete different chance than like work for like a comp like try to work mm-hmm. at like under somebody or something yeah. you know what i mean so that was a very ambitious yeah. thing like my dad came and like worked for some dude yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, like they went to the the butt fuck middle of nowhere to, to grow a crop that no nobody eats but korean people <laughs> like like <laughs> I, I really did enjoy it. It, it was a, man. It's a Korean American film. Yeah, like I never thought that was gonna happen. Like it's you so know, good. I really was like, you know, it's like whether you enjoy it or not. If you're a Korean, a Korean American, you're gonna be like, damn, I never thought there would be an A twenty four film in America that has all this shit the way I grew up and things like. That. And it's so good too because you're just gonna relate to it on a human level. So it's it, the film is pretty amazing. I mean, it for is, you too. Good. Have you ever thought about doing a story? Because wait, hold it. Did you did, were you born in Argentina? I was. I was. I was born in Argentina. The crazy story with me is like my mom smuggled me and my sister in through the Mexican border with coyotes. What the fuck are I was, you talking about right now? <laughs> I was three years old. My mom, my sister, my younger sister was one, and she brought us into the Mexican border illegally. I didn't become a citizen until like seven years ago. Like oh, they should have built a wall. You're one of those. <laughs> you're one of those motherfuckers, dude. <laughs> dude, they, I barely made the cut, bro. <laughs> barely made the cut. Um, so the story is like, we didn't have any ways to get in here, like legally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my mom uh, got like they. So my my dad came in here first solo, and like got a job and was sending us money like to Argentina for like a, a year, t- like a year or two before like sending my mom and setting up a way for her to like get through this thing. I don't mm-hmm. know the full details, but they hired a coy- like the coyotes, and it was like like a two day, three day thing or something. And she tells me these stories like it was mad scary one night because like she was like holding us close and one of the dudes was like super sus, like peeking in there, like a flashlight and shit, making sure like everyone's cool. But she was really scared that she might get raped or something like that. God damn. But um, yeah, that shit's wild. Um, Buenos Aires through Mexico and then K-Town. What the fuck? So wait, what was your mom's like first job then when she got here? Um, I mean, my dad was rapper. just working, really. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, no. I mean, you know, but uh, I come from, like, the downtown wholesale kind of Koreans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, not, like, clothing and shit, but my dad was got into, like, 
toys and shit like that so that didn't do well at all it was like, <laughs> it wasn't like forever 21 dude, billionaire that's another, fam that's another fucking me naughty story dude it's yeah, like he comes yeah. to america to sell toys <laughs> i was like toys r us is down the street yeah, like what are you thinking man yeah but so i don't know so like my you see my my parents and my my korean like upbringing is interesting because my parents really made bad choices like you know they didn't buy any property or anything you know yeah. and, and even the wholesale business that my dad came up in like um he's he's like still doing that and it's been struggling like he just recently like he was about to completely shut it down and then it started doing well because he started slanging masks and he was like this shit is booming <laughs> and so- he literally saved this business through slanging masks that's crazy and, and then i checked it with two months he's like yeah dude i finally was able to pay my debts off i called him back like two weeks ago it's like yeah it's doing shit again <laughs> So everyone like, got their masks and like it's been doing like, bad again. It's like son, I'm in debt. It, I'm yeah. like, wait, how? No. It's like how did this happen? <laughs> but but like I, when I was like 12, my parents split up. You know, like a lot like a lot of Korean uh, you know parents, domestic violence. You know, my dad was alcoholic. Mm. You know, all that stuff. They split up when I was like 12, 13 years old. And um, you know, like you, did you leave with your mom and so and your dad was just, or did you guys uh, split time? So they split up when I was like 12, 13, and I, I was, it was all like mixed because they never got a divorce. They just been separated for that long. That's hilarious. Yeah, dude. they never got a divorce. Like, and, and they never run into each other ever. Like, they haven't seen each other in like decades. <laughs> what in the fuck? Yeah, yeah. That's it's, hilarious. It's, it's weird. It's a very K Town, like, like, I'm very K Town in that way. Like, that is the most up Korean K Town thing I've ever heard yeah. in my life, dude. Yeah, so they hate each other pretty much. You know what I'm saying? And like, um, but there was a Thanksgiving like two years ago where me and my sister talked to both of them. Like, it's like, yo, let's just all try to like meet up. Y'all haven't seen each other in like 15 years or something. 20 years met up for like Jajangmyeon. <laughs> like at a Jajangmyeon spot in K-Town. Really? And sat down. It was chill. It was cool. And then since 10 days, I haven't seen each other in years. <laughs> They're like, I filled my quota. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. done with this shit. But it, it's. I feel like that's the thing. Like, that's why I want to tell my story because I feel like I represent a very, very, like, like a trailer trash version of Koreans. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a lot of Korean kids that grow up this way in K-Town, you know, that well, don't, yeah. People don't know what K-Town Koreans are like. It's yeah. very, because I didn't know. I grew up in Sacramento. So when I came here, it was just, it was fucking Aladdin, a whole new world. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are with these <laughs> Korean people here, dude? You guys are fucking weird, right, man. Right, right, right. You fucking trash bags. Like, I'm, I'm like, these fucking, yo, let me I'll, tell you the I'll big. smell like cigarette butts, man. <laughs> yeah. just... So why do you guys smell like hot dog water? What the fuck is wrong with you motherfuckers? Dog, I, the, the fun, there's so many weird K-Town stories just because I lived there for six, seven years. Right. I wanted to know what this culture was about, right? Even something as funny as this. Like, I remember coming to K-Town and I talked, I was talking to this girl. And she had a thick ass fucking Korean accent, right? I was like, "Oh, when did you come to the state?" She goes, "Uh, I was born here." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "You were born here? <laughs> what the fuck is with your English?" There, there is a K Town cadence, if you yeah. will. There is a K Town cadence. Um, I would say it's slightly, it's like fob influenced and Latino influenced. It's in weird. One. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, you've mastered that little accent. Yeah. I've done it too. And the funny thing is, I don't really have it. And I'm from K-Town my whole life. And yeah. that's, a, that's the thing. It's like, I grew up very K-Town with my family and stuff. But the way I, when I was a kid growing up, I got into so many different, like, I was hanging out with little artsy kids and mm-hmm. hit underground hip hop shows. But I'm very K-Town. That's why, like, I feel like when I want to tell the story because I'm able to have, like, an outside perspective 
to my own world. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, and a lot of the kids, they're like, they're in it, in it, yeah. you know? And, and, and it's like, I've always, that's why I, I empathize with so many different communities where like people are part of those communities and that, that can't really defend themselves like verbally in these bigger conversations or or just you know this podcast is brought to you by junbi matcha do you hate the jitters and crash that coffee gives you well say no more my friends because hundreds of thousands of people are drinking junbi matcha not only for the health benefits but for the caffeine boost that lasts without the crash of coffee you can mix it have it hot ice cold or try it with your favorite juices and have fun with it remember not all matcha is created the same and junbi has the highest quality matcha you can find straight from a farm in japan handpicked and curated to get you the best quality there is no competition to get 10 percent off your first order of tins and packets go to junbishop.com that's j-u-n-b-i shop.com and enter code geniusbrain to get 10 percent off your first order that's j-u-n-b-i shop.com code geniusbrain growing up i was just like part of something and mm -hmm. you felt it and you part of it now like got to break down what that relationship means what that friendship and means, how do you what put those it into communities words? Mean. <laughs> you know? i know i can't <laughs> i you know it's funny because i come from like making music and and rapping and stuff and it's so tough like i never thought i remember the first time i was ever approached about these things i didn't know how to answer it yeah. you know i i did like i started rapping when i was 14 years old I remember when I was 19, I did a college show and in a panel afterwards and some college kid is like asking me about cultural appropriation. I looked over to my friend. I was like, that means I was like, yeah, exactly. Is what you say. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. What? But I and I looked, no I idea. looked mad stupid. I didn't know what it meant. And, mm. and, and I learned, I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't know people would look at me that I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't feel like I was, I was doing it. But then I also understood like how it might look from the outside perspective. Right. So I really looked into it, but it, it's so difficult. Like I wasn't ready for these things. And I think nowadays it's like, we all have to look look at all our actions, but it kind of does take away the the funne funness of participating in something and really just being in that culture. Because when you're in it, it don't feel like anything else. It feels like a, like a well, because now universal we don't have, thing. We, we don't have small communities now. We have the internet. Right. So everybody feels like they have a say in everybody else's community, even though they haven't experienced or been a part of it, which is always a little weird for me. Right. So when they when 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 kids ask about these topics and we talked about this before, I genuinely believe there's a lot of great people who really want to learn. But there's this other small subset of people who just want to pat on their back for being woke. And they are kind of causing a lot more hate and anger than they are uh, bringing up conversation. Right. Mm. So, for example, there was a kid that wrote in my comment about me not supporting. I've never supported Asian people at all. And I literally wrote, I was like, Do you, who the fuck are you talking to right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you got to be very careful about who you're fucking approaching right now. Like you, you wrote this comment because you saw my profile once you saw the following, but you didn't know who I am and who I'm about. And what I told this kid was like, it's cool for you to say that because there's people like me and a bunch of other people in this space that we had to take shots for you to even stand up the way you're doing right now. So, right. So be quiet, sit down for a second. Like you don't have the ability to go ahead and even talk like this in this space quite yet. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. Like, how you you enjoy replying to those kind of comments, right? Especially when I take a shit. That's like my 
most favorite so thing is, is it like literally i because you know it's going to be exhausting you know you don't have to do it but like what makes you want to reply only when i'm pooping like i shit you so not. It's, it's literally a thing that when i when i poop is yeah, when i do it like an extracurricular <laughs> pooping activity exactly replying to trolls so i don't i don't get emotional anymore um, okay. Like so, you're not. You're not. It's not affecting you when you do reply. No, no, no. Because no, no. usually when I reply, it's affecting. me. It used to. You know, yeah. I'd like quite a few years back. It used to. The last time so- something really pissed me off was, um, that one girl that I mentioned on your podcast, where she was saying I was a, I was a misogynist <laughs> and a sexist. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that was a funny thing. There was a there was a home girl, a K Town girl, uh, one of my home girls, who got approached by David in one of the videos. And she was really offended because David kind of roasted her and she hit me uh, and I, I recognized her and this turned into a whole thing online where you guys are going back and forth. Well, I, I wasn't even, I was, listen, I, she's, she's your friend, right? I mean, she's, yeah, she's like a home, like acquaintance. She's, like, a, she's yeah. an acquaintance homegirl, right? The, 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 the issue that I had with it was people like her who weaponize an, an actual issue just so she could look good. And that's why I, that's why I got upset, right? It was like, cause what she specifically wrote was. Women, are you gonna let this misogynist talk about all of us, all all of us like this? I was like, oh, I wasn't talking about all. Oh, I was talking about you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, right, and right. The the joke of the thing was, I'm David So. I'm not attractive. I don't get girls. So I'm just making up an excuse of this per because she looks like a perfectly normal girl. Right. So that's why that joke is so stupid, right? If she looked like a loose woman, which was the joke, then it wouldn't be funny. It's just me making a commentary about how a woman looks. The joke is that I'm a slob and girls don't like me. Right. But all she heard was the word, right? And everybody got it in the comments. And because she made that comment, what happened was that she got upset and all the comments started roasting her because they thought she was being dumb. And so I was like, and the one thing is I apologized to her. I actually had asked my mom. I'm like, what did I do? And she goes, well, she wasn't a participant in the joke and you made a joke about her. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. You know? (laughs) And then I was like, hey, my bad. This is what, and I literally told her, this is what my mom said. And so I'm going to apologize to you because I was making a joke and you weren't you weren't a participant in it. And so if you're offended, my bad. But yeah, I'm not taking I, the joke. I think back. the thing about it is it's like it's very easy for you to completely overpower somebody verbally. Like that's what you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that could be very overwhelming for someone who's not ready for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I will say this for anybody who's out there like listening who wants to know how to handle these things, I I there's not, nothing to handle. Like, that's always going to be there. Yeah. Like, trolling is always going to be there. Hater comments are always going to be there. I don't think we need to think about it as, like, so deep. And, you know, uh, because, honestly, those people who are doing that say they might be miserable. They're probably miserable in life. And, honestly, that's the one perk they have. Yeah. The one perk is talking shit online. So they are allowed to do that. That is the one thing they are allowed to do if they can't do anything else, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, after that, too, I'm like, when I, I got disappointed in myself because I was like, I don't know her. But in my mind, I'm like, this person is beneath me. Why am I, why am I getting worked up about right. this? And then, you know, <laughs> there's a, such a funny backstory to this, too, because <laughs> there, was, there was two actually two girls that were there, right? It was her yeah, yeah, yeah. and somebody who I thought was her friend or, or whatever, whatnot. And so we actually apologized. We're like, hey, like, ah, we we didn't. That's a very rare thing, a David So apology. <laughs> yeah. It's a very rare thing. I have to like look deep. If I don't feel like I did anything wrong, I ain't gonna apologize. Right. But then, you know, my mom spoke to me about like, hey, like you can make jokes, but they got to be a part, know that they're a part of the joke. Wait, too. what are these? Okay, I'm actually curious about you and your mom's dynamic because this is funny. Like, 
Because I, I know, like, everybody knows your personality. You go mm -hmm. in on people and you destroy these motherfuckers. Like, what is the conversation with your mom? Does she, like, check you sometimes to calm down? Or, like, what is it like? It's always the calm. <laughs> I, I talk to my mom probably, like, three or four times a week. Okay. So she's, she's one of those parents who don't really lecture me anymore. Like, she just wants to talk and have fun. So a lot of the time, she's, like, my voice of reasoning, even though she's a fucking psychopath. But she's a psychopath in her own realm, but she could look from an outside perspective and see my behavior because she's seen me since I was in diapers. Right. So she knows when I'm being unreasonable. So I have to ask her like, hey, what the fuck am I doing wrong again? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm clearly doing something wrong because I'm angry. Why am I angry yeah. about this? She's like, you're angry because you you responded like a dumbass. Like, and she like gets through you. Yeah. Like she really, she's she one of the few people that like gets through you and <laughs> like makes you reason with yourself. So what she was saying was yeah. like, you're not angry at her, you're angry at yourself. You're yeah. angry because you let this person bother you and they're beneath you. Right. And and then you hurt this person's feelings and now you're embarrassed. And I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe that's what it is. Right. And I was like, oh, she didn't, she didn't deserve to get her feelings hurt, even though that's not the intention. The outcome was that she was hurt because she's not smart enough to understand the joke. Right. <laughs> that's how I rationalize it. Right, you know? right, right. So the funny backstory behind that was that um, we apologized to uh, both of them, one of the girls. And I guess like uh, Tim was like, hey, like if you want, like we'll, we'll we could squash this, buy you a meal or whatever. And he offered it to the other girl, but not your friend who got mad. <laughs> and so she got so mad. She's not oh, even friend with the other girl okay, now. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talk about toxic, bitch. God bless you. And I hope you're having a lovely day. And I hope one day we can <laughs> meet each other and pray. But oh, that's, man. but when, I, when that happened, I was like, it actually felt like vindication for me. I was like, oh, my mom was right. She's not yeah. trying to be reasonable. She literally cut out her friend because she didn't get offered a meal. So she's not even talking to that girl anymore. And I'm like, now I understand how dumb I am because I got sucked into the stupid shit. Right. You know, so right. I had to be like, this is why my mom is there to tell me I'm stupid because she knows how dumb I am sometimes. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? This is so stupid. And right. I wasted a whole day on this. You know, <laughs> a whole day. I'll never get back. Oh, man. You had a, your 2020 was interesting because <laughs> you, you called out a, a significant amount, an amount of people. And after like, a, you know, the first and second, like after the second video, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm really enjoying these kind of <laughs> because I, I, it's, it's at first I was like, I think he's going a little like too much, you know what I'm saying? And then I was like, after the second, I was like, okay, I'm starting to see like what this is and why this might be needed almost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because there's something powerful about like you know when you're roasting like your your own people. Yeah. And I think that's, we don't talk about that a mm -hmm. lot because we went through so much of the phase where support, 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 mm -hmm. anything Asian, you're down with the Asians and all that. But there's power in that where you got to call out your own community, right? Because like for me, maybe it's because I always had a huge problem with, like I understand that, that word appropriation is always a little weird for me, right? <clears throat> but I've always had an issue with, and people may or disagree with this. I have a lot of issues with Korean artists who didn't grow up in this culture taking from a culture and they don't want to give back like it's always infuriated uh, from like uh, korean like, korean korean, people, korean yeah yeah chinese people korean people asian people whatever right right and then when they make insensitive jokes about some real shit that's happening in this country yeah the culture that they've stolen from and if you want to take whatever you're you're in that you're in a different country that's fine but there's people literally being murdered and killed out here Right, right. So like you should know better. You're uh -huh. from here as a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as a human being, you shouldn't do that shit. And so, you know, there's still people now that are still getting flamed from the videos that, that I made. That girl was one that you went in. I mean, wait, those two. 
which was uh, the rapper. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not even saying the names, just the girl, I don't the Korean American girl, and then the rapper girl. Yeah. Those are totally deserved 100%. And I think that's why I enjoyed it really <laughs> a lot. But man, that, that girl was like doubling down on her shit, which was even making it frustrating like i wanted you to go in for a second round there was like two or three i I saw it and then what i saw you did go in for a second round (laughs) maybe i did yeah (laughs) i I, but i I, somebody sent me her stuff and then there's a lot of people who know her this this world's very small right and they're like she's kind of like weird like she's crazy and so i'm like now i'm just bullying a a mentally disturbed person so i i decided to stop i was like she's actually mentally Right, right. So now I'm like, just being a bully. But she know? might full on just be like QAnon, MAGA. Maybe, dude. You know, I, hey, I, I hope don't know. she catches COVID. I hope it already happens. She just, I, <laughs> I feel like she would be like, you know, marching with the anti. Oh, for sure, dude. Like, you know, she's in Ralph's. You right know, now. and it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, it's weird with the uh, with the rapper guy. I don't even know his name. Um, but he DM'd me this whole thing, like apologizing or whatever. I was like, don't say sorry to me. Like you ain't got to say like, and for me too, it's like, I, the, what he said was so personally offensive. You know what I mean? It was kind of nuts. It's like, bro, you could have just not said anything. You could have just chilled. But that's the thing. And that's the <laughs> one thing I always say, like you can, you know, be on this. I don't give a fuck. I drop out of school and all this shit. But if you're not educated and you're in a situation like that, you can keep digging yourself in a hole. It's like that girl with the daddy hat. Yeah. That girl was just stupid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you just, you went on an interview, made it two times worse. Mm-hmm. And then they released the uncut version. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, the director's cut of the video. Yeah. And then she went for three rounds of yeah. that shit. Like, yeah. and, and I feel like that's the part like where you don't realize you can be like throwing your middle fingers. I don't give a fuck this, this for a long time until you get to a situation where someone's going to roast you in your language. Yeah. And then you're not going to be able to respond or rebuttal. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's when the education is important. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to have to at least know how to back up your shit. Like it, even if it's like a complete opposite belief, you better sound kind of smart saying that. You oh, know? 100%. And like for me too, I'm not like huge into like cancel culture either. Like I'm not trying to cancel these right. people, but if who better than somebody who's a part of the same culture to tell you to shut the fuck up. Right. Like people always say, police your own, right? And that's really what I was doing. It's like, oh, you're a part of my community. You kind of executed them. (laughs) You didn't like put them in timeout. You're like, yeah. And it's weird too. Like I stopped doing those videos because it started making me into an angry person. Yeah. Because like I, I, like, because I didn't even search for the shit. People kept sending it to me. Yeah. And I started getting like every day waking up pissed off. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Your videos is like, I, I, I will say when I see you doing, I'm like, damn, like it's a, it's, I feel like it would be very stressful for you. you oh, know? it is, Like, dude. when I watch them, I'm like, oh, I think p- the people feel the same way I do. Like, we're like, part of us like, bro, I think you're kind of doing overdoing mm-hmm. it, but you feel good too watching <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? And because you know that person probably deserves it, but mm-hmm. you really go in on them and destroy them. And, and the thing, the bigger thing for me is like, damn, that, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, I could. I'm just saying, like, it would invite so much stress, I feel like. You got the, the, the stress level is really high. And, like, the, the weird thing is, is people would always ask, like, how long did it take you to write that? I'm like, I didn't write that shit. <laughs> I just stared into a fucking camera and I was screaming like a maniac. Right, right. You know? right. And I'm like, that's good. And I just uploaded it. That's all that it was. That's intense, bro. So, so I have to be 
actually upset and care about something enough to say that, you know? Yeah. So before when it was like vlogs, I would sit there and I would write points out and I'm like, okay, let's see what I can do with it. And now it's just like, it's just I think it's camera. a lesson though. I mean, even if it, it looks really harsh, but the truth is like, look, like that girl was so terrible. We don't even remember her fucking name anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the thing is people will forget about it, but at least that's a lesson they learned for whatever long it was, a month or two months or whatever, you mm -hmm. know? And I feel like those lessons all should be learned. I, and I don't believe that any, like they're going to be canceled forever. There's no oh, fucking, they're, they're not there's canceled. no, you know, canceled means like you're done, done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there's mad people who, who we think are just get canceled. Like, nah, like some shit happens where they'll be able to come back. But I think initially if some shit fucked up happens to them at the moment, like a lot of times it is deserved. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But then I don't think, I think people try to fight the cancel culture because they think you're completely canceling them. But I don't believe in it. I don't think that happens really. For me, it's like, it's, I wanted to make an example out of these people. So the next time there's another Korean rapper or musician or whatever that thinks that it's okay to go ahead and just make fun of a culture while they're being killed, it's like, you're going to think twice. That's the audacity right there. Like yeah. that, like making hip hop music and criticizing black lives matter it's like <laughs> it doesn't make wow sense. <laughs> yeah like it's unbelievable almost yeah it's like i'm like for me it's like just just the boogeyman's gonna come for you like i'm gonna come for you like it's gonna happen i think that's the part about and that is the part that i really do understand why people get mad about appropriation yeah and that gives them an excuse to really really be mad about it and i completely empathize and understands that uh, understand that when they when it has become crazy profitable uh culture all around the world mm -hmm. nobody even knows the history of how hip-hop started to most of these dudes who make way more money than me first yeah, of all yeah, yeah, i've yeah. been in the game i've done, re <laughs> I've done research on hip-hop like, you know i got a picture with cool herc and shit when i was eight like yeah. all this stuff you know but it's like you have kids all over the world and i, I get it like these motherfuckers you know are making so much fucking money off of everything the branding of it mm -hmm. you know and, and, but the, but it's a tricky thing because people they do they do uh come up in the culture rapping mm -hmm. the same way most kids do like a community of people who are into hip-hop making music yeah that's why those people is like it's hard to say or think anything about you know that's why like for me it was more of these people who are in the peripheral that are right. just taking and taking and taking and, but they don't want to partake in the uplifting of a culture that allows you to have a paycheck, you know, and how I say that too, if I want, if I, you know, just to just Korean people in general, right. Cause I'm Korean. That's like, um, somebody taking lightly of the, um, of Japan taking over our country and you, our comfort women. Right. And right, somebody right. kind of just made jokes about that. And then we could look at them and say like, what's the problem? It happened in the past. Like what, why are you so still pissed about it? Yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're being very dismissive of, of a country's history. You know, so if you could put the, you know, the shoe on your, on the other foot, you should be able to do that for anything that you're doing right now. Yeah. And so like, you know, that was like a quick stint and I haven't really done it since it was raising my fucking blood pressure. <laughs> like, well, I think that was, a, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things that even if, if, when you were going harsh on them, people wanted you to do it because they were so shitty in like <laughs> the way they were coming at it. It's like, even if you're the rapper, like who have never, who has never been into that and just are in hip hop, like profiting off of making mad money, don't know shit. That was probably your one chance to even look like you gave a shit. <laughs> I know. And he went the opposite way on that. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, it was something that's very easy for me to be vocal about because, like, for me, I grew up in a community where it was majority Asian and black people. 
You yeah. know, my parents own a black beauty supply store. I went, I went to a black church for a, a half my life. Right. So it was, it was, it's my best friend is black. So it's like, this is something that's very near and dear to me. So it felt like a, it almost felt personal. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I didn't want to pat on the back for it. I don't want any of that fucking shit. I didn't even think it was like that many people were going to see it. You know, I think that was your service. Like, <laughs> you know, everybody was doing something during that time. <laughs> that was your thing. You yeah. had to roast these dudes. That's, that's what it was. Cause the first thing was the, the video that did well was um, the time and place video. Like, yeah. this is just common sense to me. You know, that was, that was very, and you explained <laughs> it very well. Cause it's, it's, that's, that's a very simple time and place. Makes yeah. sense. That's all I wanted, you know? And uh, that was the weird part too, where I I didn't realize sometimes the stuff that I think is common sense isn't common sense to everybody else. So I was like, oh shit! Like I, I didn't know that this was gonna blow somebody's fucking mind because yeah. they were tagging other people because they couldn't say what I was saying. They're like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna tag them. <laughs> like, hey, you watch this because this yeah, is what I was trying yeah, to yeah. tell you. You know. By the way, um, it was, <laughs> it's funny because today is Martin Luther King Day, but last night I watched uh, the Tiger Woods documentary, and um. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, bro. It is off the chain. Like, so good, bro. So good. But, like, he's, like, amazing. Tiger Woods, first of all, amazing. Probably, like, uh, like older Asian dude's favorite black dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, no doubt about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad loved Tiger Woods more than me, bro. 100%. <laughs> like... Dead ass. He just um, looked at you like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I was like, Dad, can we go play catch? It's like, shut up, Tiger's playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I watching the documentary and he just, you know, he was on a spree of the mistresses, 14 like white women. They all look like Karens from the videos from the past year. Doc, his, his, <laughs> it was like, I was like, out of all the women he could have bagged, yeah. they were some of the most basic, ugliest women I've ever seen in my life. What's going yeah. on with him? I, it's just, he has a type, you know? And, but the thing is, like, bro, that's, he could do, if he wants to smash 14 Karens, like, that's you. You know what I'm saying? It's Tiger. It's Tiger. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. I, I felt like the biggest takeaway from that is, like, America is just so mean, bro. <laughs> like, to, to, like, looking at this documentary on his life, all this great stuff that eclipses this, like, scandal, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he went out with four, he was he had, was cheating on his wife with fourteen uh, girls. You know what I'm saying? Fourteen women, and like that was like half of the documentary. You know? Oh, really? He, he won like seventy eight tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and then the half of the fucking thing is the scandal. And I'm like, bro, that's how fucked up we are. And and even how that got exposed was this National Enquirer reporter was following him around, like. Town, just looking for something looking for every little thing and i was just thinking about how fucked up we look at this right like damn like even i see the tweets after this documentary i look at i looked i looked up tiger like the keyword and being seeing what people are saying like man tiger woods is wild i'm like wild he's a professional athlete <laughs> yeah cheated on his wife with 14 that's pretty average <laughs> that's just, that's mad average <laughs> yeah it's like that's swagless you yeah. know what i'm saying <laughs> but i was like damn like just looking at that whole thing in hindsight and how we sens sensationalize all that just felt really fucked up you know well, that's why everybody has to understand too is like the only difference between a celebrity being a piece of shit and you being a piece of shit is that they're under a microscope you're not you're, yeah, you're arguably just as worse and you have probably done way worse things, but it's easy for you to go pick on people because they're all their shit is out there. They're right. under a microscope. Right. And, and the funny thing is, is sometimes with these celebrities, they never chose to be idolized. You made them into this figure of like 100%. morality. 
yeah. when they never were that person in the first place. They were pieces of shit. I even say this about old people, like be nice to some of these old people. Why? They were probably a fucking rapist when they were young. I don't know who the right. fuck this guy is. He's he's an asshole to me now, so he's still an asshole. We really do look at uh, celebrities as gods, though. Yeah, that's a perfect example, and I, I can see why. Like, if you've seen Tiger play, I'm all making hole in ones and shit. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> like you really, it really feels godlike when you see crazy athletes do incredible things. Yeah. Like I really felt like that. I was like, "This is magic." Like, like, do you have you ever gotten uh like stunned when you met a celebrity? Stunned? L- like, oh shit! I'm actually talking to this. I will say this. I I don't get. Yeah, I think I get excited. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I don't admit it, like I'm like talking extra. Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like trying to talk to them more. <laughs> you know, like, so I can tell that I get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's because. I did grow up so into Hollywood and entertainment. Like I grew up really looking up to celebrities because I grew up on television and film. You know what I'm saying? Like now uh, I'm older, you know, like I know how things are because I've experienced it firsthand too. being like having fans, having a following, being, you know, a semi celebrity in that way and dealing with that and dealing with losing relevance, getting hot again. So I know how that feels, you know, um, but, like, I don't know if I have met that one person that made me, like, really good. I, I feel like maybe. Who I'd, would that be, though? Obama, maybe. Did Obama? That's, I'm sorry, that's a curveball. I did not expect that <laughs> shit at all. Why Obama, dude, out of all the people? What the fucking random there, response? There's things that make me excited. Like, okay, like, I met. <laughs> met the motherfucker said Obama. I did not expect that okay, shit. Okay, well, because, I, I don't know, like, something about him seems, like, very, like, he's not, like, a celebrity, too. He's just, like, so iconic in a way. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't expect that. <laughs> I said Obama. I'm like, There's oh. thing that made me feel really good. Like, I met Method Man, and he knew about me, and he knew my, he was, like, quoting my battle lines and shit. Damn. And that felt fucking good. But that, I played in the beginning. I was like, oh, man, respect. respect. I went away. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yo! I, yeah, I was giddy as fuck. Yeah. Um, uh no i think it's also maybe the la effect of being in la and seeing celebrities yeah, all the time yeah, yeah, like you go yeah. to the grove and some motherfuckers there you know yeah yeah that's so. true i feel like if i met well originally it was bill cosby till i found out he was a rapist oh my god and then, wait wait are, are you were you a bill, bill cosby fan as a uh like actor his comedian? show his show is influenced my whole life really like the cosby I, show i did not grow up on the cosby show i grew up on the Cos- because i think it was a little bit before my time but it uh, is i saw all the reruns that's yeah. You watch like Nick and Knight or some shit. Yeah. Like. Well, I, I it was all public television. So yeah, whatever yeah. was on public television, I watched. So whether it was Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but the Cosby Show is my favorite uh, sitcom of all time, even above the Fresh Prince. Because like he molded his not the one in jail, the the guy on the TV show molded my idea of number one, like even how, I think how I view black culture. Right. You know what I mean? Because I watched that show so religiously. It actually even molded the type of women, woman that I wanted in my life, like a Claire Huxtable, a woman who right. got her shit done, didn't need uh, Heathcliff to pay for her shit because she was a partner in a law firm. You know, this is the mm. type of stuff that I grew up. And there, the very first episode is one of the funniest fucking things that you'll see in sitcom because they didn't play sitcom tropes. Yeah. They just did some real shit, which was Cosby stand-up. So he would, it was a part where Theo comes in and he just... His shit's all fucked up. He's fucking up in school. And he goes, dad, why can't you just love me for who I am? And you're expecting that violin to happen. Yeah. And he looks at him. He goes, Theo, that's the dumbest thing I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. Clean your shit. You know? And I'm I, like, I, I, you know, I agree with you on the way he talked um, his like his dialogue parts on that show. 
it it felt very unscripted. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he, it just felt like him doing his one liners as as Bill Cosby the stand up. Exactly. And I, I thought, that, and I thought another person who had that kind of same vibe is like someone like like Jerry Seinfeld mm-hmm. or something. You know, he just does this kind of stand up. Exactly. You know? So um, these like that's why like the Cosby Show. Like if I now if I met him, I'd be so disappointed. He wouldn't be able to see me. He's blind. But like he, <laughs> I would have been Damn. super disappointed. I heard somebody threw a jello pudding at him in jail too. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. But I think that person or Will Smith, if I met Will Smith, I'd probably fucking be like, oh shit. I will say, I think now, nowadays, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm hoping people are more conscious as they're climbing up this journey of fame mm. because you have to be more careful, right? These guys during that time that were doing this they, they were, were living like rock stars with no consequences mm-hmm. now there's tons of consequences like i mean there's there should have been way more already you know but right now it's like there's so much conversation around it. so it makes me wonder if like young artists are acting accordingly as they climb up this journey i guess they, there's already kind of natural restrictions especially with like covid and stuff or just like stop that. sharing your shit on your stories you fucking dumbasses like what's right. wrong with you man right like, <laughs> People can't help it. Dude, Bill Cosby, here's a story that I heard from somebody else. Um, this is during the time that he heard from another comic uh, that had a, a very specific hairstylist that used to do all these like shows for comics. So she's been around for a while. And she told him this story while she was doing his makeup. And this is during the, the Cosby controversy. And what she told him was like, I know he did that shit for a fact. Mm. Like, I know. He's like, what do you mean? She was like, well, when I was uh, a young makeup artist and I was doing his makeup, this man looked at me directly in my eyes and he grabbed my breast, like, like talon clawed, grabbed it and said, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And he just went right back and I had to go right back to doing his makeup. And he just kind of laughed about it. That's the type of man he was. That's how much power these fools had. That's crazy. Because com- like comedians, when they were huge, apparently, from what he was telling me, obviously, I don't know. I, I wasn't even born. I was super young. He was like... These guys were living like rock stars and they were gods. They had the key to these huge network television shows. Right. They were making money for networks. They were making money for comedy clubs. Wherever they went, they were money machines. So nobody could say anything to them. And there wasn't the internet to call them out. So if they wanted to right. fuck somebody, do whatever they want, people just let them do it. And everybody was just complicit allowing it to happen. That's you know? the thing. If you, I mean, honestly, you should not, like nowadays, you shouldn't just uh, wake up and thank God you're able to wake up another day. You should wake up and thank that you're not trending. (laughs) (laughs) Like for real, like wake up. Okay. Like step one. Thank you, Lord. I'm awake. Yeah. (laughs) Go on Twitter. Check the trend that you're not trending. Now I'm ready to start my day. God bless. Well, there's a good thing. Like for me, I put all my fucking dirty laundry out. It's like, this is who I am. Even with the, I mean, you don't, you're not, you're not that problematic really. Yeah. I'm not a shit bag. So it's like, what what are you guys going to say? Like, I remember one time somebody's, there was like this little thread talking about, you know, it's like, well, David uses the N word or whatever, whatnot. Right. I was like, I already addressed that, that I used to use it when I was younger. I already addressed it. You can't roast me about stuff that I've already acknowledged. Like it's already there. I have like 17 episodes about it. You know, and the good thing because I do that and I'm open, I'm not trying to hide anything. And here's the thing. The reason that kids, uh, less Asian kids are are using it and actually addressing it is because motherfuckers used to use it and are addressing it themselves. Exactly. That's yeah. why there's more motherfuckers like y'all being able to talk about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, it's a, 
Interesting, Tom. I feel just blessed, man. I, I feel like I am an older person in in the game, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not super old, but like I started. You're not young. old at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I start. I started really young, and like if you're comparing it to like the the generation of now, because I'm in youth culture. Like, mm. I think a lot a lot of us are. We're in youth culture of entertainment, you know. Um, and when you're in youth culture, like we're part of a section that's not necessarily really entapped with the youth. Though. Like we're not living as the youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. are like following these things. So sure, we're a, not. I got an air filter I just bought today. <laughs> <laughs> I got these leather seats. Yeah, like <laughs> we're just not part of the youth. It, that That's the truth. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like you can be into like young shit, but you're not on, you know, in school seeing around the crowd. And if mm -hmm. you are, that's us. But yeah. <laughs> if you are, then you're R. Kelly is what you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and but I feel like very blessed to even have a platform and have been able to make it this far in in an environment where anything can get you in trouble. Yeah, anything that you say um, can get you, get you canceled, quote unquote, or whatnot. So every day I'm blessed, and I feel like I want to balance out what I want to say and speak freely, but also just be smart about be it. Be smart and also listen to people too, because that is important. Like. I can fight it all day, you know, mm -hmm. you can too. We can fight it all day, but is it really going to be helpful? Like, are we, is it, or are we just going in circles with a conversation? Man, I, I like getting old, dude. Like I, I never appreciated it so much until like I, when I, when I first hit like 30, right. Yeah. And I started realizing I actually had a lot more to talk about than when I was younger. When I was younger, I had to pretend like I knew what I was talking about. 100%. I, got older, I agree with you yeah, so and I'm like, much on that. I'm like, oh shit, I know things, <laughs> you know? There was a moment where I'm like, I actually can speak with confidence because yeah. I lived it now. Yeah. Now I don't have to say stuff out of speculation. And so when I remember there was this kid in this college, he was like trying to roast me. Like, yeah, I don't, they always think that they could do it, right? And so this kid was like, oh, how's it feel like to be like the one old person in like a group of young people? And I looked at this kid, I was like, how much money you have in your bank account? Right. Yeah. I was like, why the fuck would I be you? I was like, you suck. I was like, you don't know what you want. You're watching me because you're trying to figure out what you're what, what you want to do. Yeah. So why the fuck would I want to be you? And you know, people are laughing. And I'm like, don't do the roast game thing here, dude. Be, go <laughs> be gone. I could do this for hours if you'd like. But what I was just basically saying is like you're holding on to youth as if it's something that's so precious. You know, knowledge is precious, time is precious. I agree with that. But as you get older, like these experiences I can't have unless I aged. Yeah. People could have told me the same knowledge when I was younger and it never would have went through. But because I went through it, I understand now. I, I realize how much I don't know now because I spent so much time pretending I knew shit. Yeah. Do, you, yeah, do yeah. you ever find yourself doing that? Yeah. Like, you're I get like, embarrassed. It's like, wait a minute. I have all these videos about these things I talked about. How come I don't know it? Because yeah. <laughs> I was pretending that I knew it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like even something small like this, right? Like I had this idea of what, re like even relationships, you guys... Young people will always find this out. We have an idea of what we think a healthy relationship is because we idolize these other people that we have. Maybe we even do it with our parents, but then you start to realize how fucked up everybody is. And then, then it's like, it's, it's this thing that everybody's still learning to do as they grow together, right? Because I thought when I was younger, when you're older, like you had the answers for what makes a healthy relationship. Then I find out that people that I thought were the healthiest are the most fucked up mm. and they're just working through their problems all the right. time. But when I was a kid, I was so definite in giving people relationship advice about shit that I didn't even know about. Right. It's like, when you're in a relationship, you don't do this and that. Okay, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, it was what I want to say to myself because I didn't know these things. Like I had a very staunch idea about what cheating was, mm. right? And I was like, okay, if somebody cheated on me, right? I'm going to leave them immediately. And then when I got into a serious relationship and I cared about somebody and I'm like, it's not that easy. 
like I said these things and I'm when I was in it, I left this girl, but I was like, yeah, it was hard though. Mm -hmm. It's like, why can't I leave this girl? Even though I said I would, it's because I didn't have the wisdom to think about, oh, we went through so many great things. She has so many great qualities. Do I have this, do I have the balls to even let this person go? Because I'm so attached to it. Yeah. I didn't even think about shit like that. I, I think the problem right now is that more people are quick to share the information before they actually soak in what they just mm. learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody wants to package and let me get it ready to share. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they haven't even sat with it like long enough to soak it in and understand why this problem problem exists. Yeah. Why this person's doing that thing. Like they're not doing the back background checks of all this stuff before they even share it. People love sharing shit. I'm not gonna front. I love sharing shit too. <laughs> yeah. I do. But that's a, that's the problem. Like I, I'm a product of that. Like I can t I can feel that energy of like we gotta share this con. It's the content game. Mm -hmm. You know, like when do we start calling shit content? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Con we never used to say content. I think <laughs> you know Denzel Washington said it the best. He goes like everybody is too quick to want to be first and rather be right. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's so like, true, man. And that's what he was. He was criticizing media. It's yeah, like, I think I saw that on the red carpet, right? He said yeah. something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, am I like that? And it made me think, like, am I like that? And that's why in these podcasts, you'll see hot topics I do a week later after. Like the the whole Trump thing that happened immediately. <laughs> I didn't really say much about it. And then I allowed it to rest for a week. It's not going to get as much views. Yeah. But at least I'm allowed to collect my thoughts because that's something that's very sensitive. Instead of me trying to be first, I should at least think about something that serious before I go ahead and just say a bunch of stuff about right, it, you know? Right, I find more relief listening to podcasts from people who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I think that's why people love Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like real shit. Like listening to Bobby, like I just, oh, it's like stepping in a hot tub. <laughs> it's like sitting in a hot tub, like, oh yes, let me just... It's like, let me just, it's like stepping in a hot tub, that's Bobby's body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let me just not know shit for like two hours. <laughs> Bobby's podcast. <laughs> yo, even when we go on his podcast, like he says stuff that I'm just dying laughing. Yeah. I'm like, this guy is fucking nuts. Like I told him, I'm like, you're the most gangster dude I've ever met in my life because you're the only heterosexual I know that has sucked a dick on purpose that hasn't gone to jail. Like, <laughs> that's, that's you. <laughs> like, I, I, I love Bobby because he has, he has, he, and he's an OG. When I mean, like, he hasn't, like, he doesn't know shit. I don't mean he's, he doesn't, he hasn't experienced shit. I mean, the dude is an OG. But, like, what I love about Bobby, he has decades of stories of not knowing shit <laughs> or not knowing better. <laughs> like, yeah. at, the mo at that moment, that's why the stories are so fucking good. Yeah. You know, he doesn't act like he knows shit. He, like, literally is the guy, he's, He's like, I feel like I'm him. I feel seen when I see Bobby, bro. You know what's weird? He actually feels that way when he looks at people like us. Because uh, yeah, he said yeah. growing up, he felt like a an odd person, like an oddball, because there weren't any other Asian people like right. him around. He talks about this a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. So he looks at people like us. He goes, oh, shit, I'm not that weird. There's fucking fucked up people like me, too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, hold on a second. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking deep throwing dudes dicks for fun. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see yeah. what he's saying, you know? No, Bobby's the man, bro. Because he always like when every time I come I see him or something, he like gasses me up like I'm super cool. Like he thinks like we're like the cool Asians or something like in his head. I'm like, bro, nah. Like you're the coolest Asian motherfucker. That yeah, you're exists. like at the pinnacle, dude. Yeah, yeah, for real. For this fool real. always calls me fat, even though he's fatter than me now. I'm like, he's like, look at you, fat guy. Bobby's I'm like, like <laughs> it's weird with Bobby because he's not really fat. Like he's his own thing. Like. A, <laughs> Like an own structure. Like Bobby is Bobby. It's like, how, how big is Bobby? Bobby's Bobby. 
Yeah, I can't explain what it is. Is he like skinny fat, fat skin? I don't know what it is. His hair, his, he doesn't have a single fucking gray in his hair and he's like, damn, you're 50. I know. I thought he dyed his hair. He doesn't dye his hair. Yeah, no, he, that, that's why he's like a mythical creature. Yeah, like, no. You can't tell his age or nothing. He's like Willow, bro. Like, <laughs> is he old? Is he young or what? Bobby's like, actually 96 years old, dude. You guys wouldn't even fucking know. Well, guys, uh, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. <laughs> Shout out to fucking Bobby Lee. You can find dumb. What, tell them where they can find you. All the social media, dumbfounded. Shout out David So. He actually featured on one of my songs years ago. Um, mad years ago. This has to be at least seven years ago or something like that. Um, on Korean Jesus, the yep. intro was you. If you guys didn't know, that's obviously his yeah. voice. It's, like, the same, it's the same thing I do now. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. He was roasting Jesus or something yeah. in it. Like. Yeah, I'm going to go to hell for that one. Like, God's yeah. going to fucking play that back. Like, Remember when you did this? I'm like, it was Parker's fault. <laughs> Not <laughs> <the fuck> <laughs> uh, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>